Welcome to the Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries podcast, brought to you by Interactive Legal. Here's your host, Mary Vandenack. Welcome to today's episode of Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries, a weekly podcast discussing updated legal news as well as evolving methods of providing legal service. I'm Mary Vandenack. I will be your host as we talk to experts from around the country about legal and tax issues, trusts and estates, business succession and exit planning, legal technology, law practice management and leadership, and well-being. First, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Carson Private Client, and Foster Group. Here's a message from Interactive Legal. Technology has become an essential part of our daily lives. However, not all fields have embraced technology. Lawyers, especially estate planning attorneys, need to stay up to date with specific laws and any issues affecting taxes and wealth preservation. Implementing an automated drafting system can help lawyers spend more time with their clients and less time doing back office tasks. Estate planners and law professionals turn to Interactive Legal as their main resource for the latest planning strategies. Interactive Legal provides the most comprehensive productivity system on the market with an easy-to-use document drafting system, extensive continuing education, thought-provoking discussion forums, and more. With Interactive Legal, attorneys get to spend more time with their clients. It's time to connect, collaborate, and create. To learn more about Interactive Legal, visit interactivelegal.com. Wealth planning focuses on liquidity management and charges you a fee based on a percentage of your assets. But entrepreneurs typically invest in their business, resulting in light liquidity. That requires a unique strategy. At Carson Private Client, we provide a proactive and holistic strategy for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to alleviate the stresses and the burdens of coordinating all of those financial strategies. Carson Private Client will work with your current team of advisors to customize a strategy that manages all aspects of your life and wealth, giving you back the time to focus on what matters most. Complex needs require sophisticated solutions. Reach out to our office at 402-779-8989 to schedule your consultation. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. On today's episode, my guest is Mike Weaver. Mike is my partner at Vandenack Weaver and a fellow tax geek. I asked Mike to participate in today's episode to discuss qualified charitable distributions. This topic has become important again in light of what we're calling the Secure Act 2.0, So there's a few changes to that, and I thought it would be a good time to revisit what qualified charitable distributions are and how they work currently. Thanks for joining me today, Mike. Thanks for having me, Mary. Well, let's start with the basics. Just what is a qualified charitable distribution? A, I'm going to say QCD, Mary, because I can't say all that. But A A QCD is the term that, so we can stay with QCD now that we've said the whole. There we go. Word out loud. And, and that is the one of our, we've always talked in acronyms, but right. I like to at least say what the acronym is because sometimes when I talk with somebody who's a medical profession, they'll have an acronym with the same initials and it means something entirely different. And I'm sure that's true a lot. So thanks. But QCD, so can you explain what a QCD is? Uh, very simply, a, a 
a QCD is where the owner of an IRA directs a distribution out of the IRA to a charity. And so I want to give something to the American Cancer Society this year. And so instead of taking a check from my IRA and then writing a check to the American Cancer Society, I just make it directly. Is that what you're saying? Yes, you can. You can just direct that that check instead of coming, you know, from you. It would come from your IRA directly to the charity. So, can you explain a little bit more about how those work with respect to required minimum distributions? Yeah, I think in order to, to to really understand the benefit of what the QCD does, let's talk a little bit about just what required minimum distributions are and how that all kind of works and what effect it has. So if you have an individual retirement account, you you have to start taking these, quote, required minimum distributions, RMDs, when you reach age 73. And that's... Well, age 73 is new under is new, Secure Act right. 2.0. Everybody's used to the 70 and a half, which is what it was forever. And then it got bumped to 72. And it's going to get increased further. Right, to 75. To 75. Okay, so the required minimum distribution says at a certain age, you have to take so much money out of your right. retirement account. Whether you need it, whether you want it, you got to take it. So... That has the effect of increasing your taxable income. It's ordinary income when it comes out of your IRA. So that increases your taxable income. So that's not only for federal purposes, but that's for state purposes. So that distribution can have the effect of increasing your tax rate. Um, It can also trigger phase outs, which are dependent upon your adjusted gross income. Um, It can limit some kinds of deductions uh, and it can result in, you know, some of your social security being taxed at a higher rate. So I just want to make a really important point. I know you're going to get that, but you're explaining that. So when I take a required minimum distribution from my IRA and have it paid to me, or any distribution, because as I understand it, under the new rules, you actually don't have to be subject to required minimum distributions to take the QCDs currently. But let's say that we are, to keep because we're talking about what those are right now. So let's say that I have to take a $200,000 required minimum distribution. So that is going to be added to my income for purposes of taxable income. But instead, I take a qualified charitable distribution, which I believe is limited to 100000 Correct. So can you just explain what happens in the context of what you were just talking about? Now I have 100000 Right. that's going to increase my income, 100000 that's going direct to charity, so that's going to have less impact on phase-outs, exemptions, itemized deductions? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. So instead of, again, you taking that whole $200,000 out that impacts all of your income, and then you write a $100,000 check to somebody, by taking that $200,000 out, you've still had all that impact on your income and all the various effects that that has. What the QCD does is it says, if your required minimum if your required minimum distribution is $200,000, we'll let you take $100,000 of that, give it to a charity, and that is not considered a distribution to you, only the $100,000 that that is left of your of your required minimum distribution that comes out to you. That's the that's what's going to increase your income. And let's say that I have 10 IRAs with a million dollars in each of those IRAs. Can I take 100000 and do this strategy out of each of those IRAs and get a million dollars? No, you're limited to, a, you're limited to the $100,000. You can take it out of any number of IRAs that you want as long as the total 
is only uh, is only a hundred thousand dollars. So I could take ten thousand out of each of my ten IRAs. That yep. adds up to a hundred thousand, and that would be a QCD. You could do that. Yep. Now, what if I'm married? Do I still only get a hundred thousand as a couple, or does that number double? Does my spouse get a hundred thousand? It doesn't double in the sense that if you're married. Uh, you, the individual, can take $200,000 out of your IRA, but it does give your spouse the ability to take $100,000 out of their IRA. So together you can do 200000 but it's, I just can't alone do 200000 So spouse one has a million dollars in IRAs and spouse two has $2 million in IRAs. Whatever their RMD might be, they can take up to 100000 and you take that as a QCD. So spouse one can have 100,000 QCD, spouse two can have 100,000 QCD. Right. If I use this strategy, do I get a charitable deduction? No, you do not get a charitable deduction. Um, and again, that's sort of the trade-off for it not being included in your income when you when you do the QCD. So it, it's not included in your income, but you do not get a charitable deduction for it. So the way the math works, as I understand it, though, is that if I took that entire distribution, and we'll just stay with the hundred thousand, we'll assume that I have a RMD of a hundred thousand, and I do that use that as a QCD. So option one is I add it to my income. It affects these various limitations, and I get a charitable deduction. Option two is I do the QCD. Is what you're saying is that I'm likely to be better off in most cases by doing the QCD? It does depend on your brackets and what that required minimum distribution would do to your brackets. But yeah, I think generally speaking, if you don't have that income coming in, it is going to positively affect some of those things that we already talked about. So, you know, you do have to kind of run the math, but uh, generally speaking, not having that, not having that income is going to be a good thing. Does it make any difference if you're subject to the lovely NIT, net investment income tax? Does that potentially help reduce that tax if I take a QCD? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you're subject to the NIT, and then not having that extra income is going to reduce your overall tax liability. So it's a great way to benefit charity and get the best bang for your buck in terms of the charitable deduction. Yeah. So it's one of those things we actually like to see come out of Congress now and then. So are there any other income tax benefits that come from making a QCD? Even, you know, I've got, so I'm not including in my gross income. I don't get a charitable deduction. Any other benefits? Well, by taking the, by taking the balance or by, by making that, that charitable uh, deduction, you are reducing the balance in your IRA and that can impact, you know, your required minimum distributions in the future. So you may be reducing your required minimum distribution in the future by doing this type of, uh, making this, making a QCD. Um, the other, the other nice thing about it is even though you don't, you don't get a charitable deduction for it, uh, but it doesn't count towards whatever your limitations are, if you are making other charitable deductions. So again, your charitable deductions are going to be, there's a variety of limitations that may apply to them based on your AGI and the type of charity and, and everything. But this hundred thousand dollars that you do with the QCD, that doesn't impact any of any of those. So you can sort of beef up on what you're normally doing outside of your IRA and you can continue to do what you're doing with your IRA and, and they don't count against each other. So if I have a million dollars of income and I want to give 500,000 of cash to charity, 
I think that's a 50% limit for most people. Well, there's some ins and outs on that, actually, as I think about that. But let's just use that example for now because it depends on what year and a whole bunch of other factors. But so let's say there's a 50% limit. So I write a check for 500000 to charity, but if that's my limit for that year, 50% of my income, what you're telling me is I can give another 100000 by QCD and give 600000 to charity. Correct, and it won't count as part of your 500000 We are going to take a brief break from our episode for a word from one of our sponsors. Financial advice is useless without empathy. At Foster Group, we want to hear your story your goals, your worries about the future. Only then can we help you feel confident about all aspects of your financial life. Come experience how it feels to be truly cared for at Foster Group. Connect with us at fostergrp.com. Foster Group's written disclosure brochure, as set forth in Part 2A of Form ADV, discusses advisory services and fees, is available at www.fostergrp.com. Okay, let's continue our episode. So how are there some technical requirements about making the QCD? Can you make it from just an IRA? Can you make it from different types of qualified accounts? How does that work? There are limitations on the type of accounts that you can make a QCD from, and it's generally IRA type of um, uh, you know, plans. So you can do it from your IRA. You can do it from an inherited IRA you know, simplified employee pension plans, with our, which are SEPs, and then savings incentive match plans for employees, which are simples. You don't, they're still out there. You probably don't see as much of them. But um, if you have one of those plans that are what they call inactive, meaning the employer's not making any contributions to them, you can also do a QCD out of those. One thing to, one of the important things to note is you can't do it out of your 401k. You can't do it out of a 457 or a 403B plan, so which are which are kind of your more popular, other than the IRA, those are your more popular uh, retirement plans, but you can't do it out of those. But if your plan allows you to do a rollover, you could roll something out of one of those plans into your IRA and then do the QCD out of your IRA. Is there any step transaction issue with that? So let's say I have a 401k. I roll $100,000 into an IRA, I do a QCD with that, and I do that all in 48 hours. Any problem with that? No, there's, they allow you to do that. You just have to be really cognizant of the rules of your plan, whether it allows you to do that. Um, and then uh, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, you said 48 hours, which would work. Uh, but a lot of times, you know, there's a there's a limit when you when you pull money out of a 401k, you got to get it into another plan, another qualified plan within certain time periods, or you will you will blow your rollover and it'll be included in your income. So you do have to be cognizant of that stuff. And so to the extent you do a rollover, you want to make sure you comply with all the technical rules. There are exactly. endless IRS That's rulings right. and cases on those particular issues. Is there a deadline in terms of you know? Relative to your normal distribution for the required minimum distribution? Yeah, it's December 31. So when you, when you, if you have a required minimum distribution for the year, you have to take it by December 31 of that year. Same thing for the QCD. You have to make that, that charitable contribution by December 31st. So if I want to make a charitable contribution, can I make the charitable contribution of the Q, I'm going to use the QCD. Can I make that to anyone I want to? So let's say I've identified a poor young woman in Africa and I want to give her a grant. Can I transfer it to her or do I have to have 
that's a charitable purpose, or do I have to have some kind of qualifying entity? Yeah, only certain types of entities are going to qualify uh, for a QCD. Most of your public charities that people are familiar with giving to, those are those are going to qualify um, your public charities. Uh, a couple of more significant ones that don't qualify would be donor donor advised funds, which are a popular way of giving. Um, and private foundations is another popular estate planning and charitable giving tool. They are not eligible recipients of a QCD. So it's important to be looking at your 501c3 public, right. publicly supported entities is typically what you're saying qualifies. Right. And if, as always with any of these things, if in doubt, ask the charity and make sure that they're, that they're qualified to receive it. Can I make a QCD that exceeds the amount of my required minimum distribution? So let's say my required minimum distribution is less than 100000 and I want to give the full 100000 Can I do it? You can do that. The limitation is just 100000 per year. You're, you're able to do that. The excess over your current year required minimum distribution, that doesn't carry over anything. So you still have to take your you don't get to count the excess against your RMD for next year, but yeah, you can you can do the hundred thousand even if it's in excess of your required minimum distribution. And isn't it correct that under Secure Act two O, I can now be seventy and a half, make a QCD even though I'm not subject to RMDs yet? Correct. So the 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 age limit for a QCD is seventy and a half, but again, your required minimum distributions don't start until you're seventy three. So yeah, you you can you can do that. So what other impact did Secure Act 2.0? We love Secure Act 2.0. It's really like 10.11111 when you add all the regulations in. Right. But what impact did Secure Act 2.0 have on the QCDs? So the, the simplest or the, or the most straightforward impact was it, it indexed the $100,000 for inflation. So starting next year, that $100,000 will be indexed for inflation. So... And it goes by in thousand dollar increments. So, if inflation is going to be four point seven next year, then the the exemption amount will go up to one hundred five thousand. So, which really just makes sense. So, what else? Well, we talked about the recipients of the you know QCD being the five hundred one c three public charities. Um, they did expand that a little bit. So, what they expanded it to was you can make a one-time $50,000 contribution to either a uh, charitable gift annuity or a charitable remainder trust. So gift annuities and charitable remainder trusts are, again, you know, pretty, pretty common uh, charitable giving tools. Um, and we've done some separate podcasts right. on those. Right. But real briefly, they're, they're what we call split interest gifts in that, you know, part of it, part of what you give is going to go to a charity Part of it you're going to get back as an income stream in the form of an annuity. So it, it did allow this one-time $50,000 um, QCD to either one of those types of entities. Now, it's a one-time thing, so you can't do 50000 this year and then 50000 next year. Um, and you can't do 5000 this year and 45000 next year. It's, it's a one-time thing. So uh, that's It is a nice addition, though. Oh, Terrible yeah. gift annuities are a common tool for charitable giving. So including them as recipients of QCDs at least is a nice benefit. Right. 
one thing to keep in mind on the charitable gift annuities, um, there there's two things. The first is uh, they cannot be a deferred annuity. You have to start the, the, your annuity payment back to you has to begin within a year. With charitable gift annuities, I think you see some out there that maybe are deferred. Um, I don't think it's as common, but you know your regular annuity you can you can have deferred for uh, a, a number of years. But with a charitable gift annuity, if you're using your QCD, that that annuity's got to start within uh, within within a year. And the other thing is that the annuity the the the, the annuity the rate has to be uh, at least five percent for some for some younger donors, and I think the age is around sixty or sixty one. Based on the tables that most charities use, uh, you're not going to get there uh, doing a fifty thousand dollar gift um, at that age. Um, so that could be something just just to keep in mind as you're if you're thinking about doing that. And what about using the QCD to fund a CRT? Any things to keep in mind there? Well, that's a again. I think it's a nice it's a nice addition to the list of 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 charities that you can give to. But a, a charitable remainder trust, as and again we've talked about these before, they're not an uncomplicated uh, vehicle, and to set one up for a $50,000 gift. Um, I'm not sure it would make economic sense. I'm not sure the charity that you're, that you're involved in would want to do it. They'd probably rather you just write them a $50,000 check. But so there is that, there's the possibility that it may just not be make a lot of economic sense to do a a CRT with $50,000 and you can't combine other gifts into the CRT with your $50,000. So you can't say, okay, with $50,000 isn't economical. I'll put another $100,000 donation in there and make it economical. The way Secure Act 2.0 was written, it can only the CRT can only have the the QCD in it. So only the $50,000 QCD. If it has $1 of anything else, then it then it blows it. So we have this complex strategy for a minimal amount. So we like the fact that Secure Act 2.0 added some additional options, but realistically we like to see those options become a little more viable right. in terms of that ought to get revisited. And I think there's a lot of commentators who are providing some comments and we're hoping to get that strategy to work just a little bit better because it opens up the charitable giving is hugely important to charities and creating strategies that work for donors is really important. And the way that's structured, while well, a step in the right direction isn't quite there yet. But again, we're appreciative that exists. So any last thoughts on this topic today, Mike? I just think in general that the, uh, the QCD is a, it's a, it was a very nice thing that Congress did for everybody, particularly for older individuals when they're getting near that age where they're just taking out all of those RMDs and uh, they don't want that retirement account included in their estate because they know what the negative tax impact of that is and to their heirs. Um, this gives them a great opportunity to make $100,000 donations to a charity and uh, in a very tax-effective way. Well, thanks very much for joining me on this topic today, Mike. As we reach the end of our episode, I want to thank our sponsors, Interactive Legal, Carson Private Client, and Foster Group. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to today's episode and stay tuned for our future weekly releases. Yeah.
Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries is made available by the firm and its attorneys for educational purposes and to provide general information, not to provide specific legal advice. Use of the Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries podcast does not create an attorney-client relationship between you and the firm or any of its attorneys. The Vandenack Weaver Legal Visionaries podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice, and you should contact an attorney in your state about any legal needs or questions you may have. A Huda Media Production.